When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Talk radio and war chant TV on a live nations Friday, loosey goosey edition of the program, kind of a bizarre edition of the program today. Appreciate you joining in. Uh, by bizarre, I mean this is previously recorded. Nobody like I don't want to do previously recorded shows. I don't, I don't, but uh, we had a weird set of circumstances this week in the studio, and in addition to that, Tom Wayne got summoned to jury duty and ended up having to go in. So Kind of a hodgepodge today with me. It is fresh content. It is new. We are able to react, for example, if we wanted to react to Baker Mayfield going 98 yards after having arrived in Los Angeles two days ago to beat the Raiders who desperately needed the win and led the game the whole way, but somehow gave that guy that opportunity to go that far. And what does that do? If we wanted to do that, we could. Not necessarily going to do that. It's a weird game um, and an ugly game. And those two teams stink. Well, good for Baker Mayfield, I guess. That was uh, it was a nice little moment. Might be his last moment. Who knows? Uh, but he was able to make it happen. Instead, what I would rather react to, for example, uh, even though we had to previously record this, is I'd rather react to the fact that, uh, listen, we thought it might happen yesterday. If you think about the show yesterday, when we came on, Redemption Thursday, we had wagers, right? We had the wagers, had to go through the picks. We also had to go and talk about what felt like it might be a pretty momentous day. Uh, the, the whispers on the streets were that uh, Florida State would probably see a number of its players announce that they were coming back. Thus, player retention continued to move in the right direction for Florida State. And we're talking about a year that already has the fan base really excited. Look how quickly those tickets sold to the Cheez-It Bowl against Oklahoma. It helps to have a nice opponent, at least a name opponent, certainly. But it also helps to, to be back amongst the living in college football. It helps to have an opportunity to play in a bowl game and a relatively good bowl game at that. And it's in the state and fans want to go see it and want to have some fun. By the way, I can tell you we're going to be there 
we, as in War Chant, Jeff Cameron Show, all the guys are going to be over in Orlando covering the game, of course. But we're also going to have a live broadcast of the JCS. And I'm going to give you more details about that next week. But it's exciting because it's right in the heart of everything. And the bar we're going to be at is well known. It's pretty awesome. I'm really looking forward to that opportunity to go and broadcast from there. We'll be doing that. I'll give you more details next week. So hopefully we see all of you War Chant fans, all of you Jeff Cameron Show fans out there at the game. And uh, coming to the broadcast, we'll all party together. We'll do a live show and uh, have some pops afterwards, right? And then we'll uh, enjoy the night. And the next day is the game. Should be a really good time. Looking forward to it. All right. So back to the uh, the conversation, which is that, Okay, the transfer portal is the wild, wild west. How are we going to do in this thing? Six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, great uncertainty. There seemed to be at least some organizational efforts from collectives that were going to help Florida State compete in this new landscape. Uh, But if you go back that far, you remember so much was on the line. What had to happen in the second half of the season? What had to happen at the end of a three-game losing streak for Florida State to put themselves in a position to not only have a good season, let's just start there and become bowl eligible and solidify your head coach's future, right? That felt like that was on the line. Then secondarily from there, obviously you had the two big matchups against your rival, in-state rivals, who you're trying to recruit against, needed to win those games. You did, and I will tell you that in addition to throttling Miami, we now do this fast-forward thing and realize – Look where Florida State's at. Look where Miami's at. And I'm telling you, I understand that if you surface level this thing, you're looking at some big-name recruits at Miami. That situation is not a good situation. There continue to be rumblings of problems within their NIL group. And I'm, I'm just saying what the perception is now about what that class is and what will be retained and what's going to happen on signing day and where they'll rank and all that Man, it feels a lot like some fool's gold going on there right now. So just continue to monitor that situation. I don't say the same thing about Florida. I think Florida's in a good position. Uh, But Florida State is now in a good position. And, yeah, at some point the conversation will graduate to, hey, we need to do better recruiting high school players. And that'll be fair. That'll be fair. I do think that's coming. I do think that's going to happen. I do think that there's going to be a situation where uh, Florida State sees their fortunes shift positively in the high school ranks in the same manner that they have so far in the transfer portal. And, uh, of course, with uh, NIL, that's working out very well right now, too. I think the the final shoe to drop will be the uptick in high-profile players from high school choosing Florida State. Maybe not in as quickly as we'd like, maybe not this particular signing class. Although I think, again, when you look at where Florida State's headed and all the guys they've brought back now, and I'm telling you, as we sit here today doing the Jeff Cameron show, my sources are telling me that the good news we've been prognosticating, the amount of conversations we've had, at the start of each of these JCSs this week, in which I've said, hey, get ready, more guys are coming back. Get ready, things are going to go well for Florida State. Get ready. It started with just saying, look, Jordan Travis is coming back, okay? They're going to get that deal done. They recognize the importance of it. They're going to get Jordan Travis back. And they did, of course. Once that domino fell, though, then it began to be sort of, okay, now now who else, who do you identify as of being a, a vital importance? Well, everybody's got a different list. 
but I think Trey Benson was pretty high on that list and you get him back. Well, if you kind of read the tea leaves here, we've played this game and Tom and I have done it, you know, the transfer portal prognostication. Actually, we're going to do that segment in a minute. Uh, We've done it with receivers. We've done it with running backs. We looked at the quarterback room. You know, we've talked about linebackers and safeties and, and, and all of that. Well, you know, as I've looked at this, I've kind of thought, if you're trying to get a sense of this roster and you're circling the most vitally important players to next year's success, you know, Jordan was number one. I don't know if you'd put Jared Verse at number two. Would you put... Um, Trey Benson at number two. Well, you got Benson back. And, you know, the guys who announced yesterday, and there was a slew of them, Rodney Hill was one of them. So Tom can relax, right? Rodney Hill was one of them. You know who hasn't been announced yet? You know who we haven't heard a peep from? Treshawn Ward. So I will just say, if you look at this, it seems to me the writing's on the wall there. I don't know if he comes back or not. Certainly, Florida State would welcome him back. He's a good kid who's worked really hard and put himself in a nice position. But if there's somebody out there willing to throw some money, significant money at Treshawn Ward at this point, he just may need to take it. He just may need to take it. So he'd be a guy that I'd look at and say, I kind of think he's probably not coming back based on Benson coming back and what I think those numbers are. Rodney Hill and you, you kind of the, the guys you already have on the roster, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But as it, as we sit here today, I think there's a belief. If you're trying to put percentages on it, because nothing is, well, not nothing. Some things are sure things, but if you're just trying to put a percentage on, do you get Jared verse back? Do you get, Fabian Lovett back. And that continues to be a conversation. And I find it surprising, but it may be that Fabian Lovett does come back. Uh, there are other players who you think are sure uh, likely to walk, but maybe they're not like maybe they're not liking what they're hearing. And if you love this culture, I'll give you an example. I think there's a chance Jamie Robinson comes back. So I think there's a, a a good chance that, and just I'm just spitballing here. I think there's a good chance that Jared Verse comes back, and I would not have thought that a while ago. Now, a part of things, a part of this is the momentum that has been created, the success on the field, the the locker room uh, chemistry. Uh, again, the culture that we continue to reference, but I also think it's fascinating. You got guys now who, as I said yesterday, already on scholarship, right? So they're not paying for school. They Now all of a sudden you throw some money at them. And let's just say you're throwing for the better players. 500000 600000 $700,000 at somebody. Now look, very few people will get that kind of money. But like, it's suffice to say Jordan Travis is doing well for himself, Okay. If you're talking about the upper end, if you're talking about guys getting two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, well, if you're already on scholarship, your living arrangement is set, your 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 schools is set. Now you got that kind of money um, that you can save. Uh, you don't have very many expenses at all. Suddenly, the idea of coming back for another football season instead of just going to the pros, even if you're risking losing out on, say, $100,000 one way or the other. Let's say you're Jared Verse and you're not real certain 
that you're going to go in the first round. In fact, it's starting to look more and more like you're going to go uh, in the second round, maybe even late second. Okay, well, if that's the case, and these guys are getting advice, and you are wondering, let's see, uh, I could go make in the neighborhood of $600,000 if I enter the draft right now. That'd be the worst-case scenario, right, if I fall late third, early fourth. But what if I know I can get better, I know I can play my way into the top 15 of the first round, and I know that the collective here is taking care of people, and I'm a high priority, and they're going to come close to or something akin to that number. It may not be that number, but I can go and live pretty comfortably, squirrel away some money to get my life started in case football doesn't work out, and, oh, by the way, I'll get my degree and I'll come back and elevate my stock in the best-case scenario all the way into the first round, which is a significant difference in money. It's just getting easier and easier for these kids who are in that unique position to say yes, especially in a situation where Florida State is organized and motivated and aggressive. And that's what they we continue to see right now. So it's cool. So we'll portal prognosticate here in a second. Tom and I did one yesterday right after the show that we wanted to use for today. Uh, we wanted to look at kind of a combo position of need, but also, you know, what makes most amount of sense. Now that you've lost Sidney Williams and you wanted to flip Sam McCall from corner to safety, but you can't do that because he's not on the team anymore. Um, you know, you, you, you are impacting both the corner position and the safety position. And there are thoughts about who Florida State's going to bring in. There's some pretty big names out there and all of that. So Tom and I will kick around that. We'll also uh, take a, you know, uh, to me, I, I I think this weekend is going to provide good news. If not this weekend, maybe early next week. This momentum that you feel that we're all having fun with right now is not slowing down. This train's rolling, guys. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. We'll continue in a minute. Stay with it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is sponsored by the legendary team at hamilton home loans great rates cutting edge technology and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at fsuhomeloans.com Tom, we talked, well, really it all began with the announcement that uh, Tatum Bethune was coming back for a final year, his senior year at FSU. And, you know, the, the discussion on our Redemption Thursday show, 
uh, was all about players coming back. It's been an, the revelation here this offseason so far has been that uh, Florida State has a new, well, not Florida State, but a collective that is new and helping Florida State is very aggressive, it would appear, and is making an impact. We could not have known that was going to be the case at the end of the season. We talked about what our off-season discussions would be about. Obviously, we knew that Florida State would have this bowl game coming up, and we were going to get to see a lot of practice, and we kind of thought that's what that would be about. There might be some talk about a player here or there um, that would be transferring out, some that would be coming in. We knew the transfer portal would be interesting, but I don't think we thought this collective uh, would be the big story, which is really what's happening because every time a player has announced, including Jordan Travis, and then yesterday with a slew of players, uh, every time a player has announced, it's it's been uh, the battle's end. And, um, and, and so now you know they're here to make a mark. And you and I have been fortunate enough to do these portal prognostications. It's just good timing with all of this. I mean, we... We have the content. We need to talk about it. Our fans, our listeners, and, and fans of the program are interested in this. And so we've already done quarterback, you and I have. We've already done running back, you and I have. We already did linebacker, I think. Um, a little bit. Wide, what? Yeah, wide receiver, right? Um, but we can do safety here because we did not get into that yesterday. And why not? I think our friends at ABC wouldn't mind us talking about safeties. Isn't that right, ABC? Yeah, look at that. There they are. They, they, they're not protesting whatsoever. Uh, so when we look at the safeties, we did mention that Florida State obviously lost a couple of guys when you think about it because there's no doubt they were going to, I think, move Sam a call uh, yep. to safety. And then he decided, you know, he wanted to leave. And then you find out again that you lose – more players yesterday, so or a player yesterday, or two, was that two days ago? Uh, Sydney was two days ago now. Yeah, S- S- Sydney. Now, it was uh, yesterday at the time of this recording, but yeah. right, right, yeah, 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 that's right. So, so, so Sydney leaves, and you've got a kid who I've liked a lot just as a hitter. He didn't get on the field a lot this past year. He's battling injuries, had some issues there. Obviously, he was thrust into action before his time a couple years ago, and then he's been a special teams guy. But his leaving is not nothing. And so all of a sudden, without the ability to shift Sam McCall to safety, and now you lose Sidney Williams, you, you really kind of have a need, no doubt, to go bring in a safety. We don't think, by the way, portal prognostication isn't just one way, right? It can be about guys coming in sure. and not guys leaving. We've talked about the possibility of certain players leaving, but this is all about what's Florida State going to do and what's Florida State going to bring in. But I'll say it again, and I've said it every day this week. Man, every time we have to have this discussion, it is not wrought with danger. We are not wringing our hands with, out of fear that there's going to be this massive uh, dilemma at a segment group because we don't either don't have enough bodies, let alone quality players, or you've got a group of players that aren't good enough. No, most of the time when we're having this discussion these days, fresh off a 9-3 and three campaign with a collective that's aggressive, we're saying, what do you want? They're going to be calling us. There are yeah. a lot of good safeties that have put their name in the portal. Go look at On3's portal Twitter page. There's a safety every five seconds. So I think Florida State's going to have a ton of options here. Yeah, you're on the short list. Are you a top four program in the country? No. Uh, in this case, that's a good thing because the top four teams in the country don't need, in all likelihood, safety help. 
you're a top 15 program. So what does that mean? That depending upon if you want to say top 18, because 12 through 18 are all about the same. That means you're competing with 10 to 12 other teams, roughly speaking, maybe a couple of more for transfers. Now, how many of those are high profile power five schools in those 12? 10, eight. So you're whittling it down. You're in a position where your program and your iconic brand that we all laughed about in the beginning is now actually a thing. The brand is coming back to life. Mm-hmm. You're on television all the damn time. We were in prime time and felt like every weekend. And so the film will be high quality. The games will be high profile. And the brand is something that NFL scouts have heard of. And you have a need at a position that can get us into a top 10 discussion, perhaps an ACC championship and a playoff discussion next year. So this is about as good of a landing spot as you can expect to have if you're a safety on the market or a player in general on the market. But what I'm interested in moving forward is, does Florida State take the best available defensive back, not necessarily safety, and then worrying about shuffling the parts later? For example, Reynardo Green's played a ton of positions in his career. Akeem Dent, safety, then corner, then safety again. Jamie Robinson, even though he was listed at safety the entire year and a free safety, was he like a free safety or more like a rover near the line yeah. of scrimmage? Yeah. You know, they call the buck position. Uh, I think a, I think buck is more strong safety and free safety is more a slot defending in the box uh, havoc wreaker. And, and that's what Jamie's been. So you see that a lot of these guys move around. Does Jerry on Jones who announced that he's coming back actually stick at corner or does he move to safety? How about Kevin Knowles who played in the slot last year as well. And in 2022, he didn't have that great of a season. So my question is, is it always about safety, safety, safety when you look at the portal or is it about corner or safety? And we'll figure out how to get the best four and five guys on the field at a given time. So for the record, at the time that Tom and I are talking, and for those of you watching today's show, uh, Libations Friday, you're saying, but Jeff didn't change shirts. And Tom is also decked in the same garb that he had on yesterday during the JCS. Yeah, Tom's got jury duty. It came through. And it came through. We talked about it hours ago and then upon arriving home tom alerted me so we're we're, we wanted content and this was something we were going to get into on friday's show anyhow so it 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 makes sense for us to to be able to do this but alas i just want you to know we're not wearing the same garb (laughs) there's the there's no later there's no walk of shame element to today's program no (laughs) um but this is the thing is that this conversation is evergreen because I, I don't think this is going to be a settled issue. Even if something happened Thursday night into Friday, you've got multiple pieces that you've got to fix here. And some of that might be through retention. Maybe there's breaking news that one of those safeties comes back between where we're recording and when this is going to air. But even if there is, you're not done at defensive back. That was a weakness this year. How funny and how quickly things can change. When you're talking about what you need on defense for Florida State, we had lamented that for the better part of 10 years, you didn't have linebackers here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And are Kalen DeLoach and Tatum Bethune all Americans? Probably not, but they are more than competent. You feel solid at that position. And yeah. we, the secondary was going to be the strength of this team. And, and I said, you know what? I finally believe it this year. It wasn't. It was a weakness on defense, the secondary. I get that if you've got a healthy front four, the secondary is going to look better. But I would like coverage sacks, too. That They're allowed to happen. And you're allowed to be in somebody's hip pocket 
or play zone and be able to pick off passes. Well, there you go. You're getting into some coaching issues that couple with the personnel issues. They don't have good enough players on defense. You can start there. They don't know how to do enough things on defense, which really agitates me. I don't know how long you have to be somewhere in order to teach kids zone, but we apparently can't, or they can't play it. Um, and that is a problem for me. And then third, you have lost some players. So now you're going to have, but the good news is I do think that the players you would want back on that defense, um, you know, right off the bat, you just brought it up. You would want Kalen Deloach back and you would want Tatum Bethune back. And that is exciting that you got both those guys back. And who knows, you may get a lot more. Um, we'll find out more and more as the days go by here, the ever changing roster dilemma that is the transfer portal and portal prognostication that we do on the show every day uh, means that we're constantly updating, but those two we know are coming back for sure. And that's important. And then as far as safety goes, again, there's a hundred of them in the portal. You can go get somebody. So if it's the zone discussion, that might be a coaching issue. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but if it's about the coaching in general, you know, Dominic did a great breakdown after the wake forest game showing all of these key moments where it's a 50-50 play or you're in a position to steal something and you right, don't. That's about personnel at that point. That is about personnel. That was Greedy Vance not finishing a play, a throw that's right in his hands, and he allows a guy behind him to make a catch, which is just crazy on third and forever. Mm -hmm. Now, he ended up making those plays later in the season. Maybe there's a development positively for Greedy. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – assume that somebody's going to be bad forever. Renardo Green got a lot better out of nowhere. So this these things can happen. But Renardo in phase on third down, didn't finish the play. Kid makes a great uh, back shoulder catch. That's a great throw and catch, yeah. And Omarion doesn't trust where he is position-wise, even though he's in the right position and is guilty of pass interference on a third down. And then there's the third long in which you've got three defenders ready to clean up and tackle somebody short of the sticks, and they allow the football to cross their face a couple of times. What I'm saying in short is I think this is – Maybe a little bit A, a little bit of B, but I think this is more of a personnel concern than it is a coaching concern because you can see, at least when they're in man, they're put in positions to go make plays a lot. If you get some guys in, in here or you develop some that can finish plays, this defense can go to another level in which now you're playing complementary defense where it doesn't have to be a four-man pass rush or a blitz that forces a, a turnover. It could just be that you're that damn good, and we could use that here. Be nice. It would be nice to recap for everybody. The people that have left so far, uh, Rod Orr has left, Keyshawn Helton has left, Chambray Jackson has left, three defensive tackles. Uh, George Wilson has left, uh, not that you care. Jared Jackson has left, Sidney Williams we referenced, Sam McCall we referenced, Amari Gaynor. Have I missed anybody that's left, Tom, so far? Try to think. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think did you say Rod Orr? I did say Rod Orr. He was the first name I said. Okay. Um, yeah, so that that's yeah, that's it, right? I think that's everybody that's left so far for Florida State. Again, no earth-shattering losses there. We were both kind of raised an eyebrow over two names. Jackson and Williams are the two that you're kind of like, hmm, would have liked to have seen them stuck around. But other than that, you're all right. The rest of it's predictable. I think if Florida State's getting to where they want to go, you're going to see a massive overhaul in talent and size on the defensive line. So to see three guys walk, you're like, that's fine. That, that Those guys were holdovers from a different time that weren't big enough, strong enough, fast enough. Jackson being the lone exception, perhaps. Yeah, and that's where, again, now that you have Daryl Williams in the fold and Farmer's going to be there as a big-time piece, if you can get one of the two big guys in the middle maybe to come back for like a 19th year, 
That <laughs> but then that allows for the def- Defossies and Lions and Bishop Thomas of the world to emerge at that point. And uh, watching Iobami mostly in scout team gear because he could not obviously make the field this season because of an academic red shirt. Uh, to watch that guy in the mix, looks like he'll be a difference maker. Daniel Lyons, a shoot-the-gap kind of player. Uh, they've, they've got potential there. For me, I, I think if you're talking about shopping uh, on the defensive line, you could use one more interior guy if Lovett and Cooper don't come back, either one of those two. Yeah, and you know the shame of it is with Big Coop, like we didn't get to see him at half strength this year. Right. I, I, I mean, we didn't get to see Coop play anywhere near 50, 60%. I mean, he he played with one arm all year, and it was really frustrating because I thought he was poised to have a massive season. And I just think he's a good college player when he's right. I don't think he's a next-level you know star or anything. But I thought he could have played his way into getting drafted somewhere. Yeah. And, and then, unfortunately, obviously, he just was a shell of the guy we saw during camp. I mean, he was so dominant at times in camp. And he was shot out of a cannon. He was in good shape for him. Uh, his body type's never going to let you know that. And he was destroying guys. And then he got hurt, and he didn't destroy anybody. Yeah, he's he's a giant neutralizer. That That's what you're looking for from him is to occupy a body or two so that your other interior guy can go eat or the defensive ends can go eat. Or your linebackers, there are lanes for them to go make plays. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think he has a professional future, Cooper, if he's 100%. But I don't think he would be hurt by coming back for another year if he can prove on tape that he can go against the defensive or an offensive line like LSU's, which will be better. I can't imagine that they're not going to strike gold in the portal and develop. Well, remember, their best lineman was a freshman tackle who's going to be a star. And as the year went on, he became one. Right. You're right, exactly. And then you're facing Clemson and Florida next year as well. And that Florida offensive line, they've got proof of concept already to be pretty good, whether or not they have guards to part or not. So, yeah, I, I think Cooper could benefit from coming back. But if he wanted to go get fully healthy, go to the combine and just take what money comes his way, I don't think he would miss a roster out of camp in the NFL. I, I think he's definitely a piece that you want in the rotation, especially in early downs. But he's not a three-down interior linemen like a lot of those guys are at the next level that look even though they are as big as Robert is they can play every down because they're just supernatural freaks yeah yeah well so the roster building continues and I'm getting more intrigued we're not even talking about signing day it's so funny that the portal has taken over what signing day used to be signing day was a national holiday and you just get the sense that it's not going to matter as much anymore for a variety of reasons. And one of the reasons are that you don't feel like it's a permanent solution. So, like, you you get a kid, five-star rock star kid, and say he doesn't pull a Travis Hunter, and he does come to your school, and he doesn't break your heart on signing day. Well, he could be gone in a year. He could just decide to leave. So there's less of a a permanent feeling to the guys that are saying, yes, you're not welcoming in a guy for three or four years for sure. You just don't know that. And also, you know, the makeup of your team because of that. And because you're also mining the portal for other guys, you know, that the potential to flip an entire segment group or side of the football is pretty much there every year, year and a half. I mean, you can, you can have seven new starters just like that. So I don't know. Signing day matters. Don't get me wrong. I just think the portal has made all of this thing kind of a lot more interesting on a daily basis as opposed to a singular we're building to a moment. 
So let me ask you this uh, to tie it into the sponsor on the bottom left corner of the screen, ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. You know how we all go different through different phases. You might be on a on a single malt Islay phase. You know mm-hmm. where you, that's all you want. That's all you crave. Craft beer for me is is high and low. You know I'm either all in or I don't want to touch this stuff. Every once in a while, an ice cold macro brew sounds pretty good on the golf course. We're high noon. So if you were going to talk about the specific position of defensive interior, what alcoholic beverage to you most likens to an interior defensive lineman? Is it like butt heavy? Is it something else? Yeah, it's got to be a stout or a porter. Yep, there you go. It's a stout. I think it's a stout or a porter. I think like a cold weather, uh, dark, thick, uh, chocolatey slash coffee-ish porter. That's yep. that's that's my interior lineman. Now the thing about a porter is that it's also incredibly classy and refined and dignified and to be sipped by the fireplace, which is not what you think of when you think of a defensive lineman. A defensive no. lineman, you think slovenly dressed, overweight for the purposes of domination, giant ass. Uh, you think about uh, violent hands. You think about lots of things there that um, that don't really match up with a porter. But I guess I was going more about the weight. So I guess, you know, that's the so, thing. You could go both ways. You can go to extremes with it on either end. So a stout. Stick to stout for the defensive interior. And yeah. then, like, maybe Derwin James could be a porter. or. Oh. or- Sophisticated, could do it all. A safety around the ball that could be violent but could be smooth. How about Azariah Thomas? Would he be a single malt? He would be a single malt. He'd okay. be a single malt, ILA, uh, scotch. And um, I think in about a year, we're going to be like, oh, look at Azariah Thomas as we sip our ILAs. Just, you know, he, yeah, he, I think he's got a chance to be great. It's a funny game you're playing, though, because some, who's like a Bud Light on this team? Who's a guy like oh, that's just a that's just your Bud Light right there? Uh, that would be Estes. Estes. Well, no, Bud Light. Sorry, he's Bud, Bud Light. Weiser. Yeah, he's a no, Bud Weiser. Bud Light would be um Wyatt Rector. You know, it would yeah. be. Yeah. I think maybe Mastromano. Maybe he's Bud Light. <laughs> Must he? He's got to be a Fosters or yeah, something. Right? Yeah, yeah, probably a, a Fosters. So okay, uh, last one, linebacker. Let's say Nicholson. All right, Nicholson is the guy that you're like, oh, that's that's my linebacker right there. He's some sort of tequila. Or maybe Brian Courtney even, your favorite linebacker on the roster. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. when they get done flipping, you're going to thank me for giving you that heads up. Um, tequila. Linebackers are tequila. Tequila. They're, they're irresponsible tequila shots. That's what they are. They're irresponsible tequila shots. And, you know, I like an irresponsible tequila shot every now and again. I mean, it'll get the party started. That's a linebacker right there. That's oh, a, he's man. a little little reckless. But if you've got a pudgy linebacker, <laughs> like uh, I'm trying to think, what's a good example of a pudgy linebacker at the NFL who can still fly? Um, Devin White's more jacked than he is pudgy. He's kind of – yeah, he's a little bit of both, but you're right. Um, I don't know, but for Buster Davis when he was here was a pudgy okay. linebacker. That'd be Mescal. Yeah. Mescal, because you got to have a little smoky to it on top of the fact that you're that – I you're like playing. that. There you go. That's fair. Yeah. Well, now you've made me thirsty for all kinds of different drinks. Thank you, ABC, for sponsoring Portal Prognostication. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Orchard TV.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com. Friday, Jeff Cameron Show rolls on with our own Michael Langston. He is at FSU right now. He is trying to spot the visitors that are rolling into town. If you didn't read Michael's article, go to warchant.com. He gave you the official primer for this weekend. Uh, Michael, I know it's hard to hear right now, but let's let's get after it here. It's a big weekend for Florida State. There's some big names in town. What are you most excited to see, and what do you kind of project here big picture? Yeah, it's a good mixture of, um, you know, transfers that are coming in. Um, certainly have offensive lineman Jeremiah Byers out of UTEP, a uh, transfer from UTEP that's coming in, tight end. Kyle Moore, uh, Morlock is also coming in from Shorter University, Division Two that they're very high on. And then Jaheim uh, Bell, uh, who's the guy that everyone is excited about uh, uh, from South Carolina. That's a guy that they're they're pumped about. They went to see him with Coach Norvell earlier this week. They really just put the full court press, and they want him bad. And he's originally from Valdosta, so certainly you have location ties that work for you. So uh, I, I think the thing I'm most excited about is just, I mean, just the, the positions they need that they need to, to finish, to start with this class as far as offensive line, you know, the tight end room that they want to really improve. Uh, I think that's the most excited I am about of areas that they know they need to help help with going into this next season. And and certainly they're bringing in that, that this weekend. And then next weekend is going to be like 15 official visitors. So I think it's just to be scheduled seven official visitors today. But I think it could – there could be a surprise or two that pop up that are making eight or nine. I'm not going to lie to you, Michael. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on today was you and I were talking about tight ends, and you went right to it and just talked about tight ends a moment ago. These are both guys that people are excited about, in particular the kid from South Carolina. But another position that I think is of vital importance that they bring in is linebacker. Now, they got their top two guys back. We know that. But there is kind of an intriguing guy in this, and that is Cameron Robinson, who's a Virginia commit. Tell me about this process. How did he get on Florida State's radar? How did Florida State get a visit from him? And what do you think the chances – What what is he? Yeah, I think they've been kind of monitoring him all year. Uh, maybe outside linebacker, maybe, you know, that kind of where they love how he moves. Uh, sideline to sideline is ferocious. That's what they love about this kid. And and as we know, you look at all their – you look at their a lot of their linebackers. Obviously, Kalen Deloach's big-time speed. And then, uh, the, you know, why they wanted to add Tatum Bethune last year. So I think they want to kind of get the final piece where you get a kid like this that that brings that speed. And it kind of they kind of monitored him all year. And then uh, then they really start putting the pressure on, I think, once the, near the end of the season. And then Norvell and them went all in. Uh, they really just 
I think they really felt I, I got the impression that the impre- first thing was they were going to go out there. You'll get a portal linebacker. But then once all three of those guys, I'm assuming DJ Lundy also returns. So if you get DJ Lundy, all three of your starters, it's really just about building base around that. Because um, you already have Omar Graham, who I am really pumped up about. I think Omar is going to be f- a phenomenal uh, linebacker for them. So I think they want to add one more piece and they might add a portal linebacker later. Um, but as of now, I think that's kind of the plan. But certainly Cam is a really good linebacker. They're extremely high on the fact that they sent Norvell over there so quickly, uh, even on this week, that tells you how how much of a priority he is. And, you know, he should be here shortly. And I think I think they have a really good shot of I, I would say really good shot. I'd say I think they have a good shot of flipping him uh, if everything goes well. Michael, right now everything's coming up roses for this coaching staff with roster retention. We know there's an aggressive player on the market in terms of the collective, and now they're able to retain their talent. But also, this is a different time for this Florida State coaching staff because they probably, and I know you hear the whispers, so I guess speak to it as much as you can. Like, is Florida State in a different position right now in terms of the quality of players that are reaching out from other programs that would like to come in? And then they have to balance what they have, what they want to bring in. How hard do they hit this portal as opposed to the high school ranks? And it's a different time really in the industry altogether. But for this coaching staff, they're finally in a good position. Yeah, it's a massive difference, Jeff. I mean, massive, like not just a little difference. There's a dramatic change to what, you know, last year was kind of like you're convincing kids to believe in our division of what they're doing. I think that's kind of the way FSU presented it. This year, it's like there's such a massive uh, amount of uh, reception from kids that are in the portal, whether they're going the portal. Or they, I mean, they're in the portal and then they, they just they, the calls are nonstop. Like it's really and I'm not talking about just regular dudes. Like I, I listed you the guys like two of those guys are already you know ranked in the own on three network of a four star ranking, you know, for a transfer, which is pretty high. Mm-hmm. You know, so that tells you how valuable they are. And uh, and so schools want these guys, but they're FSU is I've said this before. They are a top tier destination now for transfer portal, because if you look at it, I don't think there's many teams that have had their team benefit so much off transfer portal the way FSU has uh, the success. So when kids see that, they're like, hell, I want to go there. You know, like, why wouldn't I want to go there? Because they, they, they develop. They're doing better, and it's just a different thing where I think this year they're much more patient than what they were uh, last year. I think there's been a couple times where they've had to reach for guys that, hey, we hope this guy works out, you know, but I think this year it's kind of – even the last two years, I would say, just um, it's much more selective, especially on the offensive line and just uh, probably every position, but mainly offensive line, you can be a lot more selective because – Atkins has already shown the proof in the pudding of what he's done with, you know, guys like Dylan Gibbons, uh, Dimitri Emanuel. I mean, a lot of guys that have just had really good uh, development since they've been here at FSU. So I think uh, I think they if they're not the top tier uh, selection, I think they're one of the top tiers as far as uh, transfer portal destinations. And like I said, it's an exciting time, uh, in it, but it's a time that you have to stay on it to you keep your product growing, moving forward, going better each time, you know, it starts with the bowl game. You know, I think that's the way Norvell was looked at. I mean, you, you listen to Norvell, it's like, he's never satisfied with just, okay, we're back to normal to some normalcy now, but 
that's not the the top. I mean, you want to you want to get to the elite. You want to play for national championships, ACC titles. So I think I think his drive makes it really easy uh, for FSU to keep growing and why this thing keeps going higher and why they're doing so well with transfer portal success. Buddy, this is good. We're just scratching the surface. I'll get yeah. you next week as well. It's exciting. I, I want to ask you about all of the whispers and things like that, but we can't do that. We got we got to wait. There's <laughs> a lot of good stuff out there, isn't there? There's a lot of rumors about the kind of quality player that Florida State may land. A couple of surprises, too. Yeah, I think I think there there could be, and um, Jordan Travis has even hinted that hey, I got a couple surprises. So uh, yeah, that could be anything uh, with with amount of connection. I think I think they I think it's possible even starting this weekend that they could they could get some good news if everything clicks well. You know, people can read the article that we did on the preview, and uh, I talk about a few of these guys even in the mill I did yesterday. That there's a few of these guys that hey, they could get on board this weekend, but I th- I think there's this is the most buzz Jeff I've ever heard out of FSU probably all its way since back to when Jimbo took over as the inter- as the full-time coach. I haven't heard this much buzz and excitement. I was out here the weekend when they beat Florida. You could I was around the coaching staff and it was pretty cool cuz you could see like the giddiness and the confidence and the swagger. It was really high with with the staff so I think they feel really good and they know they just got to finish it off. Uh, December 21st is the early signing day. So, which is kind of taken over as the main signing day. Cause most of the kids yeah. do that. So I think they're very excited and I think they feel really good. And one source even told me like, Hey, don't be surprised if we, we get into that top 10 uh, when it comes to, you know, team rankings for recruiting. So I think they feel really good about how this is trending going into the, these two big weekends. Let's hope it's a great weekend. Michael, thanks so much. Appreciate your hard work for us and always doing a good job. I'll talk to you again real soon. Be good, man. You you got it, bud. Take care. Take care. That's uh, Michael Langston, who, uh, of course, covers recruiting for us at warchant.com and on three. And, you know, it's it's everywhere you look. I mean, there's a theme. The show has kind of had a central theme lately about the fact that when you win and guys say publicly the kinds of things they've said about playing here, You've had the successes in the portal. Other guys see that. It all adds up to a, a, a great mixture in chemistry of, um, I, I think, intrigue from afar, positivity from within, and enthusiasm from fans. And that's where they're at right now. And every time I bring on a guy like that or I talk to somebody over there or I happen to run into a coach or something, they're all saying the same thing. And that's because of what they're hearing. That's what they're hearing back from these kids. So it's real. The momentum is real and the opportunity is there. Now you just hope, and it would be a huge thing if they are able to um, finish in the top 10, it'd be a very big deal really quick. I didn't mention this and I don't want to forget to mention it, but uh, before I wrap up the segment, uh, congratulations to Dylan Gibbons for winning the Werfel trophy. Uh, You know, that kid came in here, helped change the offensive line, the dynamic of the offensive line, but he's done so many cool things, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars off the field with his charitable work. And so he's been a leader, he's been a good player, and he's been a a world-class citizen and representative of Florida State. Congratulations to him uh, for winning that award. It's presented to the FBS player who best combines exemplary community service with leadership achievement on and off the field. He fits that mold big time. So congratulations to Dylan Gibbons. Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant.
TV.